Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. We sang this morning a lot about blood. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood which flows from Emmanuel's veins. We sing a lot about blood and our culture around us is puzzled by that. Why do you sing so much about blood? It's kind of gory. What are you talking about? Blood. It sounds like some kind of a horror film or something. But to Christians... The blood is essential to our salvation. I was uh, on Facebook this week and I saw this picture. And someone had, had posted and it had different sayings from different religions. You had all of them basically giving the golden rule. You had Christianity, you had Islam, you had uh, Taoism, Confucianism, all of these things and how their teachers had all said something that sounds very similar to The golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the point that this picture was trying to make was, well, basically all religions are the same. They're saying, just be nice to people. Anybody who tries to say that all religions are all the same is pretty much ignorant about what any one in particular religion teaches. You can't lump them all together. And Christianity stands different from all the rest. Because while we have an ethical component, or we have an ethical component about how we are to treat one another, about how, what we are to do to one another, that is only part of what we believe. The gospel says to us, we are all sinners. We all fall short of our own ethical system. None of us can be perfect. None of us can follow through. We've all done things where we haven't loved our neighbor as ourselves. We haven't loved God as we ought to love God. We all fall short. And so what is the problem that we end up with? If, if religion is only about do this, do this, do this, we end up crushed under the weight of it. We can do nothing to save ourselves. Which is why the cross was so important. Because God in His wisdom, He knew we could never do anything to save ourselves and He sent His Son to die in our place, to be our substitute, and all those who place their faith in Him can be saved. That's why the blood is so precious to us. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We are all sinners standing beneath the judgment of God and He has provided an atonement for us. This week, on my birthday, on Friday, I... uh, got to do something very special. Junior, who's back there in the back, 
his mom had to move from, a down, from an upstairs apartment to a downstairs apartment. And uh, he asked me to come and help. And there was another guy who I'd never met who was coming along to help as well. And we had about a 20-minute drive. We were going from uh, here in Greenville to, to uh, Highland to move his mom. He gave me the, the address to the place. I went there. I picked him up. I just got to know him on the way down there. We just, you know, hello, pleasantries. Just, uh, uh, what's your name? How, you know, uh, what do you do? And all those kinds of things. For 20 minutes, we just talked. And then uh, on the, while we were working, again, we were just busy working and everything. But on the way back, I was like, I have a captive audience. <laughs> I've got somebody riding in my car. I need to share the gospel. I need to find out what they believe. So on the first part of our drive, I just asked him, what do you think life's all about? Just a simple question. It, was, it wasn't threatening. It wasn't something like, you know, where are you going to go when you die? It was just, what do you think life's all about? Everybody believes something about what life's all about. You don't, you don't have to go to church to believe something about what life's all about. So I asked him. He began to tell me, uh, just basically, it was a, a hedonistic worldview of just, you know, um, do whatever feels good and um, don't hurt anybody. That was pretty much what he thought life was all about. And I, don't, I asked him, well, how's that working out for you? Well, he said, oh, it's going, going pretty well, going, going pretty well. Uh, and I just nodded my head, just nodded my head, oh, Okay. And he just kind of kept going on and going. Since I didn't respond with anything, he just kept going on and going on. And finally, I asked him, well, well he, he's, he was talking about spirits, how he believed in spirits, you know, believed in ghosts and things like that. I, I asked him, well, what do you think happens when you die? Oh, I think we go to heaven, is what he said. Well, I said, all people? He said, oh, no, no, I don't think all people go to heaven. I asked him, well, so the, you believe in a heaven and a hell, right? He said, oh, yeah, I believe in a heaven and a hell. I asked, well, what do you think Jesus' place in all this is? Where's Jesus fit in the picture? Oh, he said, oh, yeah, well, when you die, he's the one who shows you where the light is. That's what he told me. He's the one who shows you where the light is so you can come to the light. I said, oh, that's interesting. I didn't say anything until he said, well, what do you think? So I explained the gospel to him. I told him, well, you see, the way I see it, we're all sinners. You know, we, we've all sinned. We've broken God's law. We all deserve to go to hell. And Jesus came so that he could die in our place. And, and he, he died as a substitute for us. And all we have to do is believe on him, trust in him, and we can be forgiven of all our sins. That's what I explained to him. And then I said this. Have you ever heard that before? He said, no, I've never heard that in my life. He lives in a trailer court here in Greenville. We know people here in our own community who've never heard the gospel. They may know something about Christianity. They may have heard about Jesus. But maybe what they think is Christianity is just like all those other religions. Just another religion to tell you what to do, to, tell, to stomp on your fun and all those things. But that's not what Christianity is. 
Christianity comes down to the fact that we are sinners and Jesus died to save us and all we do is trust in Him and He changes us and makes us into a new person, a new creation. Hallelujah. That was satisfying to me to be able to share the Gospel with somebody like that. That was very... It brought joy to me. Well, Jesus, in His ministry, here in John chapter 3... tells us about something that was satisfying to him. And and it really goes right along with what I just shared. John chapter 4, I'm sorry, John chapter 4, beginning in verse 31. I'm going to give a little bit of background here. We've just come off of the the woman at the well. Jesus was sitting here talking by, by the well with this Samaritan woman. She was somebody that any Jew wouldn't have had anything to do with. Okay, She was a Samaritan, so there was racial tensions. She was a woman, so there was sexist tensions in the, in the community. Okay, no, no Jewish man would sit down and talk with a woman. And a Samaritan woman? And yet Jesus did. She, he sat down and he talked with this woman, and he told her how he, she could have water where she would never thirst again, meaning Him. Jesus is the water of life. He satisfies our souls. The way that nothing ever could. No physical water ever could. And here, in this passage, his disciples come to him. He says, aren't you going to eat? We've been traveling. We just went to go buy food and you're just not eating. What are you going to do? And Jesus tells them, I've got something more satisfying than that. Very similar to what he tells the woman at the well. In verse 31, he says, Meanwhile, The disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to him, said to the woman, no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves And we know that this, indeed, is the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Jesus, for what He's done for us. Lord, help us this morning to hear Your voice speaking to us. Lord, be with me. Give me strength. I am weak, but You are strong. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We begin with the word meanwhile. This is all going on at the same time. You know, we left off and, and the woman, she leaves the well and she goes into the town and she tells everybody about what Jesus has done. She, she says, this is the man who told me everything that I'd ever done. And meanwhile, while Jesus was there with his disciples, when she had left to go into town, Jesus has this conversation with the disciples. They're urging him, Rabbi, eat. We talked a little bit about this last week. Jesus was fully man. They had been traveling from Judea. They were going to Samaria. They stopped here at this well to rest while the disciples went into town to get something to eat. It says that Jesus was weary from the travel. It was noon. He needed something to drink. He was thirsty. And here, the disciples are saying, you need to eat something. You need to eat something. Jesus does something strange. As I said, He's fully man. Fully human. This man was the God-man. He had a mission. And there was something more satisfying for Him than any food. It's like when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and, and, and Satan tempted Him just... Make these stones into bread and you'll have something to eat. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus was satisfied by something much greater than any bread. Jesus said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. This is... Uh, bringing up some humor for us. He tells the disciples, I have some food to eat that you don't know about. Now, forget the rest of the story. You hear that and you think, maybe what the disciples thought about. Did anybody bring you something to eat? Well, we went into town. Did somebody bring you something while we were gone? They misunderstood Jesus. How we often do that. Just like Nicodemus, when Jesus told Nicodemus, that in order to see the kingdom of heaven, he must be born again. And, Jesus, and Nicodemus was like, what? i got to go back into my mother and be born a second time? Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm talking about spiritual birth. Just like the woman at the well, whenever she you know, hears Jesus say, I have water that I can give you. You'll never thirst again. And she's like, oh, yeah, give me some of that water. I don't want to have to take this trip to the well every day in the heat of the day. To... She misunderstood Jesus. And here, the disciples are doing the same thing. They misunderstand Jesus. They, they say, well, who brought you something to eat? Jesus corrects them. He says, uh, my food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. That was what was satisfying to Jesus. He got a drink of water. He talked with someone about who he was, about true worship. He talked about who he was. He, he said, I am the Messiah to this Samaritan woman. That was his food. That was what was satisfying. Tell you what, I got done talking with that guy this week, sharing the gospel with him. I wasn't hungry. <laughs> That was satisfying. And Jesus 
His food was to do the will of his father. And he brings this analogy out and he starts to talk about harvesting, sowing, and reaping. Jesus says, there you, uh, don't you say there are yet four months and then the harvest comes? That's probably a saying that they would say, you know, you plant and wait four months and then you harvest all your, your grain. But Jesus says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are already white for the harvest. And he was not talking about plants. He was not talking about wheat or corn or beans or any of the things that we would go and harvest. He's talking the same as he was talking whenever he told Peter and Andrew, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It's that kind of harvest. He's saying, look around you. The fields are white under the harvest. Here in Greenville, I was able to share the gospel with somebody, ask them, have you ever heard that before? And they said, no, I've never heard that before in my life. The fields are white for the harvest. And Jesus says, look, lift up your eyes. That's what we've got to do. We've just got to see it. See the harvest that is out there. We live in a, in a, a, in a kind of a Christianized society because we, have, we live here 2,000 years after Jesus. We live in a culture that was built on Judeo-Christian values. And we just go along our day with, a, with an assumption that the people around us may have heard it. Many of them haven't. So we need to look. Lift up our eyes and see that the fields are white to the harvest. I think, I'm convinced that the, the most common misconception about Christianity is just to reduce it to an ethical system. To say it's just another do this, do that, do this, do that. There's not that. It's the answer to our ethical system. That's the gospel. And Jesus says, "Already one reaps who, who is receiving uh, Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper rejoice together." First of all, he's saying, "This is already going on. Jesus is here." You know. In the Old Testament, looking forward, they were looking forward to a time when the Messiah would come. And what Jesus here is saying is, hey, I'm here now. It's harvest time. Let's get going. Let's tell people. We have good news. It is time now. And he says, and the sower and the reaper will rejoice together. We go out evangelizing. Not everybody's going to believe. Some people are going to accept it. Some people are not. But those who sow and those who reap, we all rejoice together. We got to share the gospel. It's just a joy. Regardless of the response, it's just a joy to share. It's satisfying. That's food that satisfies. Jesus says, For here the sayings hold true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. 
For Jesus in that situation, maybe immediately they're thinking of John the Baptist, who we talked about earlier. John, hey, he had labored. He had been preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. John had been laboring, preaching this gospel. He had been laboring, and he's, Jesus here is telling the disciples, others have labored, now you go into the fields and reap the harvest. And it's not just John. It goes all the way back to a garden. When an announcement was made to the woman, one day there will one day be a seed of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. When that first announcement of the gospel came, and all of Old Testament history looking forward to that Messiah who would save us from our sins. All of those prophets, all of those priests, all of those writers of Holy Scripture had been looking forward to this one, and He's here. And the disciples stand on their shoulders. We as believers are in the same position. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Woburn Baptist Church has been here for more than a hundred years. And we stand on the shoulders of giants. We, others have labored before us to proclaim the gospel from this place and we join into their labor. There have been people sharing the gospel around us in this community who maybe those who they've been sharing with, they've just been planting seeds and planting seeds. And we can go and join in their labor and we rejoice together when we see people come to faith and know this Jesus who forgives us of our sins. That's a food that is satisfying. To do the will of the one who sent us out into the world. To be his witnesses. To be his light. And then it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Jesus shared it with the woman and she went on and she shared it with someone else. That's the way the Gospel moves. Whenever a person is saved, we then become an evangelist. We go and we tell those we have know, those we have heard. And then what happened? When she went to go tell those who were in town, so the Samaritans came to Jesus. They came to Him. And they asked him to stay with them. And so he stayed there a couple of days and he was teaching them. And many more believed. Many more Samaritans believed because of his word. It was, it was his word. He was teaching them and they were coming to faith. And they said to the woman, it's no longer because of you. They had a real encounter with Jesus. It's not because of you and what you told us. Now we've experienced it ourselves. We go and we take this message. We're just the, recept- we're just the, the receptacle of the message. You know, we're just the senders. We're, we're just the ones who are, are taking the message. We're just the messengers. There, I got it out. <laughs> we're just the messengers. But when we tell this gospel, 
Jesus has a real encounter with people and they believe not because of us, but because of what God has done in their heart. And what do they say finally? For they too, I'm sorry. For we have heard for ourselves and we know that it is indeed that he is indeed the savior of the world. This is the connection to what Conway read. How the Lord was the savior. How he said, I'll bring them from the east and from the west. God is the savior. Of all people. How is it the God that Jesus is the Savior of the world? He's the Savior of both Jew and Samaritan. He's the Savior of black and white, rich or poor, young and old. He is the Savior of all the world. Regardless of people group, just as we sang, let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball, to Him all majesty ascribe and crown Him Lord of all. That's our desire to go out, share this message with the whole world. From every tribe, tongue, and nation. Let them know that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.